Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, today, we've, we delayed the, the market update last week because we wanted to um, just wait until the election was all finished. And now that's all been completed and everything's been decided, um, we thought we'd give everyone a, uh, the market update. Welcome back, everybody. As usual, we have uh, collated all of the latest data to record this podcast today. So we are going to be reporting on what we are seeing through the data. But even more importantly, ahead of the data, we are going to be reporting on what our team have been seeing by being on the ground throughout Brisbane over the last month, because I think that there is starting to, we are starting to see a transition in the Brisbane market in some areas and for some product types. And that's what we're going to unpack today because as we talk about all the time, Brisbane's not the same property market as other large markets around Australia, such as Sydney and Melbourne. But even more importantly, Brisbane's not one property market itself. And we're starting to see uh, changes in the desirability of certain property types. And we're going to be unpacking that today in this podcast episode. So um, hope you get some value. Yeah, so we've been out and about, as Melinda said, on the weekends. It's been um, good catching up with some auctioneers and some agents, even midweek um, catching up. The last couple of weekends, I must say, have been a little bit wet. We've had the brollies out um, for the last two Saturdays um, out in the auctions with a lot of umbrellas and um, people trying to keep dry. But good news is it's not raining here in Brisbane at the moment. We have had quite a bit of rain lately. Um, so um, the sun is out, a few showers around. So We'll jump into it and we just do a bit of a general sort of overview because it's interesting what has been happening and, and the things that have had, have any sort of effect or what have they had. I mean, we've, we've gone through floods. There's the, all the interest rate talk about interest rates rising and what's happening there. And then obviously the, the uh, federal election that has just been completed, as I mentioned. Yeah, and I think that if we reflect first and foremost on the flood event that hit Brisbane late February and, you know, a lot of the cleanup is... Um, complete, but there's still a lot of residents that have been displaced and still a lot of homes that are yet to be repaired. But um, despite the flood event that did occur earlier this year, there's been no pullback in property prices throughout the city. And I think that at that time, there's a lot of people that did expect that property prices would fall away. Um, And we're talking at a median value level here, not suburb specific um, information and certainly not property specific information. Uh, So be mindful of the, the general nature of the information that we are sharing. But when we reflect back on what happened after the 2011 floods, the trend was very different. We did see a median value dec- decline citywide in Brisbane. Now, we've previously talked about the fact that the macroeconomic conditions in Brisbane back in 2011 were very different to the market conditions that we were experiencing up to the flood event in 2022. So it just goes to show that, you know, a single flood event does not impact the market solely, but there's um, areas it it can, of course, contribute to the demand from buyers, um, depending on the other market conditions at the time. So it does confirm that property values, um, you know, are driven by a variety of interrelated factors. Uh, but it was pleasing and reassuring to see that, um, you know, we had no pullback because of the flood event um, as a whole. Yeah, I think there's been, it's probably been a bit more of an effect maybe on the, on the rental side of things. Obviously, people, people can't move back into their properties. The construction side of it is very tight at the moment still. So 
very hard to get builders, people trying to rebuild um, their properties and get back in. Um, we, we, there's even one just recently uh, in our local area, actually um, not far from us, an agent actually advertised and sold it for um, a flood-affected property. Um, and it was snapped up at a pretty good price, um, even though it was fully flood-affected and advertised that way as well. So um, look, people, people are prepared to take that risk, I guess, um, and have a look at those type of properties as well. Yeah, and I think the next thing that you pointed out, Scott, was the um, the impact that rising interest rates will have on Brisbane now. We did record a podcast a couple of weeks ago about this um, this topic, so we ask you to go back and tune in if you're really wanting to get an understanding of which areas in Brisbane are going to be more at risk in a rising interest rate environment. Uh, but it will be interesting to see over time if the increasing interest rate environment does dampen the demand for Brisbane properties into the future. Um, when we look at what's happened in the last 12 months, every single suburb in Brisbane has experienced positive house price growth. Um, and in the unit sector, prices have dropped by less than negative 1% in some places, but the majority of suburbs in the unit market as well have experienced positive growth. So, you know, I think this is reflective of the fact that we have been in an historically low interest rate environment. So, you know, we've had, you know, the economic or the market conditions, I guess you could say, that have really helped to um, push up those property prices. And that is not going to be the same across the board as we move forward. Um, I think that there's been a lot of commentary around rising interest rates, and that will cause some fear for some buyers to penetrate into the market. And I think, you know, you'd have to have your head buried in the sand to not have consumed some of the media messaging around the impact that rising interest rates might have on property prices. Um, and there's a lot of doomsdayers out there suggesting that we're going to have big price falls as a result of rising interest rates. As we've pointed out previously, it's all about perspective. Um, and we do encourage you to go back and tune into the episode that we did a couple of weeks ago on rising interest rates so that you can get some perspective on what it means for Brisbane property. Yeah, I think um, just on, on a quick one on that one, I think um, the interest rate side, or I think a lot of it is probably media driven, um, media being so negative about it. Um, personally, I don't really watch the news. Um, so um, I don't get sort of carried away with that news side of it. Um, I just, what we learn and what we read and what we sort of see actually on the ground and, and with the information, the data that we're actually supplied is what we get our uh, information on. So um, not basically all from the uh, from the news. Um, the election, look, it's, it's done, it's finished, the decision's made. Um, I think people are just moving on, are they now? Yeah, well, I think that there was. there's always a lot of uncertainty. Historically, people delay making big financial decisions like transacting in property in the lead up to uh, elections. So I don't think that this time was any different, although there wasn't a lot of housing policy on the agenda for either party until pretty much the last week of the election. So whether that swayed some voters or not, no one will really know. But, you know, we do have a new government in place and upward and onward, and we do expect that buyers and sellers who potentially were delaying the decision to, to move on a property or sell a property uh, may now get back into the market and um, action that because we now have that stability and, and less uncertainty. Yeah, and it's probably not a bad time to take over a government. Um, we're in a pretty good position um, and we've come through a, a pandemic as well. So um, away from that side of it, if we go to property, if we look at supply and demand side of it, so the supply side. Yeah, I always like to um, look at supply and demand because ultimately at a local level, this is what drives property values either up or down um, or keeps property prices stable. So remember to get uh, price rises. We need supply to be low or tight and we need demand to be high. 
um, or increasing. So in Brisbane at the moment, um, the market does remain extremely resilient and it is to some extent driven by low levels of supply. So we've had um, total listings that remain 21% lower than 12 months ago here in Brisbane. Now, that's actually quite different once again to the other capital city markets. So when we look at total listings in Sydney, for example, that's 3.5% higher uh, than the same period last year. And for example, um, Melbourne is um, on par, so negative 0.8% lower compared to last year, whereas Brisbane's 21% lower. So still a shortage of properties available for sale. It will be interesting to see whether we start to see some more properties being listed now that we've had the election, we've got some more certainty and time will tell. But at this stage, um, we do still have those lower listing volumes. In terms of new listings, we're still down 5.6% compared to this time last year. However, you know, again, I think it's the total listing volume that really determines the supply side of things. And that's a number that we like to keep an eye on, um, you know, when we are tracking the supply side of the equation. So, yeah, it, it is, we do see that very low supply at the moment. Um, not a lot of properties coming to the market. Um, agents that we talk to out on the ground, um, they're saying the same thing. There's not, a, there's not a massive amount like there was. There's bits and pieces coming. Some of the good agents are still doing a, a good job and getting some strong listings. Um, some of the um, the other agents that have probably come into the game later on, um, probably struggling a little bit more than others. But yeah, supply side of it is definitely down. Um, and, and the demand, um, still seeing people out there looking on weekends, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, the demand still being driven by the requirement for people to find a home has been that strong interstate migration. And we deal, stu, still do have an affordable market compared to Sydney and Melbourne. Um, I think there's been a lot more investor activity coming into southeast Queensland as a whole. And we can look at investor finance commitments um, to get an indication of how many investors are in the market. And we've seen that in Queensland, investor finance commitments have increased to 35% of all lending. Um, nationally, this figure sits at 33%. So more interest in southeast Queensland potentially as a whole as an investment market. Um, it shows the commitment from investors, I guess, and institutions to invest into a property market where rents are on the rise. Remember, we've got really low vacancy rates and that's why we're seeing such strong rental price growth. And in fact, as we'll get to later in the podcast, um, Brisbane's got the strongest house price rent um, over the last 12 months, uh, you know, when we compare to all capital city markets around Australia. So that's obviously a good thing for property investors wanting to get into the market. Um, remember, we've also got a really... Um, stable unemployment figure. So unemployment's at the lowest level since the 1970s. Currently, I think it's 3.95% nationwide. Uh, but when we look specifically at Queensland, um, our state has added close to 100,000 new jobs just over the last 12 months alone, according to ABS data released in March. So Queensland has recovered extremely well at this time. Um, and it's not unreasonable to assume with unemployment rates so low that we may start to see some upward pressure on wages. So obviously this could partially offset any increase increase in interest rates as well. So that's something to watch for and, um, you know, we'll be looking at that as the data comes through as well. And it's interesting when you break that down just from national to Queensland side of it. Um, it you know, we're really, we are in a really strong economy, that employment really low. Um, there's, there's a lot of jobs out and about. There's still a lot of, as we've talked about in other episodes, and we will continue to probably talk about, 
um, you know, with the amount of infrastructure and things like that that are actually happening around the Olympics, I guess. Um, but there's a lot of infrastructure happening. There's a lot of jobs. Um, as you say, the, the unemployment low, economy strong, migration is still strong. It's interesting when you talked about um, the demand side of it with properties and what's coming to the market. Um, we have had a little bit of a mix as well. So it's not just all your houses. Um, there is a bit of a mix with um, the townhouse side of it and the unit market. Um, whether that's something to do with the migration side of it, people that are used to living in, in units and townhouses. And uh, I know we've spoken about that on some previous um, podcasts as well. So um, vacancy rates. So vacancy rates are low. So we're going to talk about that um, in more detail when we talk about the rental market update, if that's okay. I'd like to actually just run through auction clearance rates first, because I think that gives an indication of what's been happening in the market. And when we look at auction clearance rates throughout April, um, they increased uh, from a very flat rate in March. Remember, March was off the back of the floods, um, 57% average according to domain throughout March. But in April, that increased to 69% average. Um, and in the three weeks to May, including the election weekend, um, the average auction clearance rate according to domain is now at 64.6%. So um, a little bit lower than what we experienced in April, but um, a few headwinds there with, you know, some uh, agents not wanting to to list and run campaigns in the lead up to a federal election. So, you know, although the demand has definitely softened, we were at auction clearance rates into the 80s a few months ago. There's still, you know, plenty of buyers out there. And in, in most cases, we are still seeing a lot of registered bidders, nowhere near as many as what we were seeing back in the peak of the market in sort of November, December last year, that's for sure. But it only takes two or three quality registered bidders to for the sellers to achieve a price but we are starting to see that price gap between sellers and buyers um, widen where the sellers sort of potentially can still see the market moving forward um, whereas the buyers are pulling back a little bit so agents and auctioneers are definitely working a little bit harder um, not as many auctions selling without a pause and some form of negotiation and we talked about auction strategy last week in our podcast so um, that should give you an indication of you know what we're seeing on the ground at auctions throughout Brisbane. Yeah I did jump ahead there it is auctions definitely um, look we're still seeing some good strong buyers as well probably as you said there's probably not as many people registering um, still some good strong ones especially on the weekend when we're out and about um, having said that Properties are selling. Um, you did mention, and we did get an inside word from a couple of agents saying they didn't want to go through an, a, a, um, an auction campaign during the election side of it. So they've sort of postponed those a little bit to put them back. Um, but we did see an auction last weekend. It was a, in a 607, brand new build um, in the in a north area, Gordon Park, and, and it sold for a record um, for the for the suburb as well. So for a new build on that size. For a new block. build on that size, yeah. So look, that, that still shows really strong... Um, demand for that side of it um, and we'll touch on that the construction side of a little bit later with what we see so auction clear clearance rates are good I think agents are still working pretty hard um, there is a couple of pauses as you mentioned but um, those properties are still selling as well um, as we found out there's been a couple that have sold post-auction as well in negotiations and one thing I will point out is that it's not all rosy. Um, some properties that uh, we've attended or some auctions that we've attended have seen um, some properties pass in without a registered bid or, 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 you know, there may only be one registered bidder and they're not willing to pay what the seller wants. So generally, and this is a general statement only, a lot of those properties are properties that need work 
properties that need renovation or improvement work, they're not ready to move into properties. Now, that may be um, an indication that, you know, people are concerned, worried about trying to lock in trades and, and a builder to actually do improvement works because that part of the that construction industry here in Brisbane is overloaded. Um, not sure, but we have seen a few of those types of properties recently uh, become fall out of flavour, if you like. There's been some good buying for any properties that do need work, but anything that's completely done, uh, generally that, um, you know, still achieves a, a good price at auction. So, you know, it's a mixed market. And I think that's the point that we're trying to make. Um, not all properties are selling easily at auction, um, but those that are selling easily are generally those that are ready to move into where there's strong buyer demand, A-grade properties, if you like, uh, but B and C-grade properties that might need some work or uh, located in an inferior location, yeah, we don't see as much buyer demand for those at the moment. So if you're a tradie and you're looking for some work, probably come into Brisbane and you'll, you'll probably get a fair bit of work, I'd say. Um, so if we jump into dwelling values. Yeah, so throughout the month of April, according to the CoreLogic Hedonic Home Value Index, we saw Brisbane prices... Um, according to the dwelling value, increased 1.7%. Um, so the new median value for Brisbane dwellings is $770,808. Now, remember, dwellings um, includes all property types. So, you know, that was still um, very strong. Adelaide was ahead at 1.9%. Um, so it was slightly stronger in terms of monthly price growth, but Brisbane came in second place um, in relation to all other capital cities. And compare that with Sydney that came off negative 0.2% and Melbourne um, with no price change, 0% growth over the month. So uh, Brisbane still leading the quarterly price dwelling growth um, at 5.7% across the quarter. Now, I know we talk about this, Greater Brisbane, obviously, um, Greater Brisbane, and that is dwellings, as you mentioned as well. Yeah, so when we look at the housing sector, it's still ahead of the unit sector in terms of monthly growth, and we'll get to that shortly. So um, do you want to jump into that housing sector straight away? Sure. So um, in terms of the housing market uh, across the month of April, we saw 1.7% price growth. So across all of Greater Brisbane, the median value for a house is now 880,332. Um, and the gross yields for houses are sitting at 3.3%. Now, compare that to the unit market. Um, across the month of April, we saw unit values increase 1.4%, so slightly behind the housing sector still, but that gap is closing. Um, the median value for a unit across Greater Brisbane is now $487,967, and the gross yield for units in Brisbane is uh, sitting at 4.6%. One thing I will say if we just um, circle back to dwelling values as a whole is that there's a clear trend um, in the data now that the top end of the market um, is over the last three months has experienced the slowest price growth, 4.6% um, growth over the three months to April in the top 25% of property values in Brisbane. In the middle 50% of values, we saw 6.5% growth and in the bottom 25% of value, 6.6% growth. Uh, now, this may be reflective of the fact that the top end generally accelerates the fastest in terms of price growth, um, but then it will also slow down the fastest, generally speaking, as well. So um, that's been an interesting trend that is now set in stone. Um, it's been something we've observed now for the last four months. And if we move into the, uh, the unit side of it, um, I know you said the yields were a bit higher on that side of it. Um, so what about the, you said the medium's there, 487? Yeah, that's right. So um, what we're 
seeing is that the growth difference between houses and units on a month-by-month basis, it's um, it's getting closer. So what I mean by that is uh, units seem to be catching up a little bit. Look, units incorporate both um, anything under a body corporate scheme. So that will be a typical unit, but also a townhouse. Now on the ground, we are seeing heightened demand for well-positioned townhouses, especially in the inner um, and middle ring locations of the CBD or of the city. Um, there is strong demand as buyers have been priced out of houses. They are looking to compromise on the property type just to stay in their preferred locations. So it's been an interesting trend. And because of that, I do see that um, the townhouse part of the, the unit market has been, you know, performing strongly. In terms of the units, um, you know, we've not sort of seen any uh, concerns with price growth in the top end of the unit market where the units are built to the appeal of owner occupiers. And in fact, there's still strong demand in that part of the market. Um, it's the investor stock, the typical two bed, two bath, one car unit um, that still has got sort of suppressed demand simply because of the desirability for that type of product. So again, data is great, but data doesn't tell the whole story. It's getting an understanding of where the demand shifts are coming through based on being on the ground and seeing how many buyers are turning up and how many offers are going through on certain properties. Now, I know I did double back a little bit there on that unit side of it that I mentioned, but it's interesting when you when you just look at those, the growth percentages side of it, you know, house price is 1.7% and the unit's 1.4%. So there's not yeah. a big gap there like there has been previously. Um, hence the reason I, I double back to that, just to see those differences in those percentages um, of that growth of the um, of the month as well. Uh, the rental side of things. Yeah. I know we've talked about this um, recently and it was a bit of interest in one of the previous podcasts where we did talk about the rental market here in Brisbane. So what's happened in um, in the rental side of it now? Yeah, look, rental market's still really tight in Brisbane. So current vacancy rate citywide is sitting at 0.7%. Um, now, when we look at each of the regions, uh, still really tight across the board. We're not really seeing any areas with heightened uh, vacancy that would present as a concern. The Beanley Corridor is still sitting at 0.4% vacancy. Brisbane CBD, a huge recovery. You'll recall in the um, middle of COVID, it was up around 14%, now down to 1.8%. East Brisbane, 0.7%. Inner Brisbane, 1.1% vacancy. Ipswich, 0.6% vacancy. North Brisbane, 0.5% vacancy. We've got 0.6% vacancy in southeast Brisbane, 0.8% in south, southern Brisbane, and in western Brisbane, we've got 0.7%. So there's some really tight numbers there. And of course, the vacancy rate is an indication of the availability of rental properties. So that looks at the supply side of the equation. Uh, now, when you're in a market with suppressed supply or low supply, and you've got heightened demand, that's when you see price growth. So this is the same in the rental market. When we've got low vacancy rates, that means we've got low supply. Um, and when we've got heightened demand, because people are looking for someone to rent, the volume of interstate migrants, most people will rent before they buy. It's putting that upward pressure on the demand side of the rental equation. And that's what's causing those rents to rise. And I think a trend off the back of COVID is that people did want to you know, rent a larger home, um, which is why we're seeing that rental price growth occur more so in the housing sector of the market compared to the unit sector of the market. It's interesting. Well, I'm referring to investor side of things. When you're looking at, you know, vacancy rates, the worst one there you said was 1.8%, right down to 
what 0.0.5 I think it was 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 the lowest I mean 0.4 I mean that that's amazing such a low percentage of vacancy rates but obviously the, the rent side of it is it continued to increase and what's it done in accordance here obviously it's they're going to, people are going to put their prices up yeah so Brisbane house rents have increased 12.2% across the last 12 months and Brisbane unit rents have increased 7.2% so it has been the strongest rental market growth compared to every other capital city throughout the country in terms of the house housing rent markets in Brisbane. Um, and it's a reflection of that low supply environment and that heightened demand potentially from a lot of new residents relocating and needing somewhere to live. So, um, you know, we do expect to see that rental price hikes will continue to escalate in the months ahead just because there's really not a lot of rental properties available um, to to the market. And, you know, I think that we are in a situation where we have a rental crisis across the city, as we discussed in previous episodes of this podcast. Um, and it's going to be hard for renters to continue to find suitable rental properties over the long term, um, unless something's done to, I guess, incentivise property investors to add to the private rental supply, or if government actually provides some solution in terms of our public housing. So, you know, it is a crisis unfolding uh, when we've got rental supply so low through such low rental vacancy rates and such high demand, you do get to see that price escalation, which as an investor is a positive, but as a, sorry, as a tenant, uh, not so positive. Yeah. So on that, when I mean, on that rental side of it, I know we talk about it saying it's a rental crisis and things like that, but I, I guess people need to also bring it back into perspective a bit in that you know, if you if you have an investment property and you put it on the rental market, just because it doesn't get leased out probably in the first inspection, it doesn't mean it's not a good property. <laughs> you know, I remember it wasn't that long ago when we had investment properties ourselves and they could have sat on the market for probably three, four weeks, you know, and then we thought, oh, do we need to drop the rent a little bit? Um, you know, they were, they were getting rented out, but just because it's not the first inspection, look, there's people still lining up, there's people putting applications in. Um, you know, I think it comes down to pricing strategy as yeah. well and work with your property manager to make sure you price right because like anything, if you overprice a property, then you're not going to attract um, the right, you know, renters or tenants through the property. So, you know, follow the advice of the property manager to, to price it right and then um, you won't have any problem finding a quality tenant for your investment property in Brisbane. So obviously they've gone up the rental side of it, houses, units, they've obviously increased. Um, obviously that the rent, the amount of money that people are, are changing um, and obviously the way people are trying to uh, rent properties as well, people looking to put extra money up front or pay in advance and things like that as well. Yeah, look, I think that, you know, in summary that we do expect the Brisbane market to remain fairly resilient um, in the months ahead. You know, we definitely are seeing that the rate of price growth um, is not as fast as it was in previous months. Um, and we're starting to see some divergence in terms of the demand for different types of properties, as we've highlighted. I think being on the ground throughout so many locations um, in Brisbane every weekend helps us to get a real understanding of what the buyers, um, you know, where the heightened buyer demand is and where there's, there's fewer buyers in the market. Where there's fewer buyers, generally, those are the sorts of properties that we're going to see our prices stabilise on faster. 
Uh, but when there's heightened demand, you know, we're not going to see as much price st stabilisation. So I think it's good if you are in the market to buy to make sure you are out and about on the ground um, inspecting properties so that you can see the real time demand, because that's an indication of the direction of the market for that type of property that you are looking for. So I hope that's a useful tip for you. So I guess that leads us to, to on the ground a little bit. Um, what we're seeing, as you said, get out and about, talk to people, see what things are selling for, see how many people are there lined up, see what you know, the amount of interest and the people um, that are bidding in auctions and things like that. Um, good properties, as you, as you mentioned earlier, um, the good properties are selling. So anything that's probably renovated or, or new build, um, they, they seem to be selling in the right location, that is. Um, properties, as you said earlier, properties that need work to them, some people are a little bit sort of probably hesitant to, to go to that area because they do struggle to get trades to come in and do all the work. There's a lot of trades that are very, very busy booked out. Um, maybe that's a reason. Your A-grade properties, as you said, are selling. Your B and C-grade, a little bit slower. Yeah, we'll start to see those days on market um, stretch out for those properties that, um, you know, are not, not hot properties at the moment. And I think, you know, a few months ago, six months ago, everything was selling regardless of whether it was in a flood zone or if it was on a main road. It didn't matter. It still sold. There was enough buyers to to buy anything. We're not going to see that level of FOMO um, continue in the market. It's just not going to happen and people will start to become more selective about what they buy, which is sensible um, and definitely a market that we'd prefer to be operating in ourselves. Um, I don't think that we're going to um, see all segments of the market perform in the same way in the months ahead. We're definitely going to see some segregation and we'll definitely be reporting on what we're seeing on the ground um, with each monthly update that we do through this podcast. The other one I do probably, we have seen, um, and I'm noticing a little bit more now, is because it's not such a frenzy, I think, uh, with people out there buying and agents could sell anything. It wouldn't matter what it was. Um, you could sell a box in your backyard, really. It was, it, you could sell anything. So what they were probably doing is advertising really late in the week, Thursday, Friday, putting it up online, selling it on a Saturday afternoon, best final offer, multi-offer selling. Um, we're probably seeing, I don't know whether it's the sellers being a bit smarter or agents are probably taking their time a little bit more and trying to do a bit of work for their for the seller. Um, but those multi-offers are not tending not to close straight away on a Saturday. Um, they're giving people a little bit of a weekend to have a think about it. And which come is, back the next week, which is the way they should be. Which is absolutely brilliant because it gives buyers time when you making a, um, a purchase for hundreds of thousands of, or even millions of dollars, you want to make sure it's the right purchase. And so you don't want to feel rushed in making that decision. And over the last 12 months, there's been many instances where people have had to rush or they simply would miss out. So we're starting to see that um, sales agents are, are giving more time. And in fact, as buyers agents, we're starting to um, find that some of the strategies that uh, we can use to secure properties for clients through our negotiation skills are, are starting to work again because agents are less um, certain that they'll have a number of backup buyers uh, because the buyer depth is not as, as deep as it was those few months ago. So, you know, that's always good. And, you know, one of the amazing stories that uh, we have is a property that we were able to secure for our home buyers when we knew it was the perfect property for them. Uh, we had it wrapped up under contract before the very first Saturday open home. So a lot of those buyers that intended to wait until the Saturday to inspect the property didn't have a chance. We had it wrapped up prior and that's what we can do as buyers agents to help people when we do um, select the right property for them. So I think that's it in terms of our market update this week. Yep. So 
Um, hopefully that's um, giving you good information. Everyone loves the market updates, um, gives all that information out to everyone. Um, I will, as I normally say, I'll let Melinda wrap it up and say goodbye. Um, just want to give a little bit of a, a tip and a heads up. Um, keep an eye out. I know this is episode, well, I'm testing my memory. I think it's 105. Um, we've got a few things planned coming up in the future. So a um, few guests and a few exciting things that are going to come up on the podcast. So let people know to um, to subscribe and get in there and get ready for it because some few exciting things we're working on in the background um, and there'll be some new things coming up um, this year in the podcast or the next few months or so anyway. So I'll let Melinda wrap it up. Um, thanks for listening and take care and bye for now. Yes, we would love for you to leave a review on our podcast. And if you have a question that you'd like us to answer, you can leave that in the review also. Um, or you can email us at info at streamlineproperty.com.au. Uh, we're really happy to answer questions and uh, provide another Q&A uh, session in the weeks ahead. As always, we've enjoyed bringing this podcast to you. We look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.